0: Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link.
1: Hi, this is Elizabeth
0: Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast.
1: Moshe, welcome to The Pitch Meeting. Do you want to introduce our guest today? I absolutely
0: do, and I'm looking forward to to meeting our guest, uh, who we actually do know, but we don't know enough in person. Uh, We're really excited to bring her here today. Her name is Rachel Critch. Uh, She lives in Fairlawn. She is also the head of Project Ezra. Uh, which, uh, which is which, has been in our paper. I think probably ten thousand times over the last uh, ten years uh, of our. There's actually a nice project Ezra story involved in our paper. I may I'm, I'm going to share it later. I think I told Rachel when she started, but let's get right into it. Welcome, Rachel.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah
1: rachel so i think project ezra generally needs no introduction in the bergen county community Uh, but i would say that the jewish link is bigger than bergen county now so anyone who knows about the jewish link probably has heard of project ezra so why don't you tell maybe a little bit about project ezra while also sharing some of your personal history because i know um when i when I interviewed you back in 2020 when you began at Project Ezra, you had a fascinating like origin story and interesting work in Brooklyn that I definitely want our readers to know about.
2: All right, great. So I'll just give you our quick for those who are not as familiar with Project Ezra. Project Ezra is a nonprofit organization located in Bergen County, New Jersey, and we provide assistance primarily to Orthodox Jewish families within Bergen County. However, being Orthodox is not a requirement of our organization at all. Uh, We provide financial assistance, job development, resource, access to resource information, some case management. We really work with families who are facing struggles, whether that is financial, that are in employment, whether they just can't find the right resource to help with a child, to help with an elderly parent, something is within the community that they need f- help finding, we are the address that they come to. We're the address that the rabbis in the community come to when they have congregants who need help that step beyond what they are able to do. We work with families in a in, in a variety of programs, but each of our program, while the programs have rules and, and, and parameters, every family that comes into our office is unique, and the needs they have are unique, and we put together programming and assistance for each one based on their needs. We help with finances, with budgeting, with learning how to maintain their their jobs and their budgets and their work on their resumes. And we really try to help people stop needing our support versus staying with us or staying within the community because nobody really wants to to have this uh, long term, but we want people to feel confident and comfortable walking into our office and reaching out to us to get the help that they need to take the next steps in their lives.
1: Okay, and I know you didn't fully answer the question. We didn't yes. talk about Brooklyn yet, but we I, also uh, forgot to ask you, where do you live? Uh, and like, what are your schools, schools, and I'll know, give what do you the kids whole, do, and things like that? Of course, as well. all right,
2: so we live in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We've been, uh, my husband Daniel and I have lived in Fairlawn for over 15 years now. We have thank God five children. Our oldest is at NAL. Our, um, our middle two, our sons, in eighth grade at YBH, will be going to MTA next year. Okay. We have another fourth grader at YBH, and we have two little babies who are in Anjelabavich daycare. Okay. So okay. we yeah, and I my done. yep. So we're all we're very embedded in the Bergen County community yeah. <laughs> at this point after 15 years. We did not grow up here though. We're both from California. Oh so. interesting.
1: Yep. I'm from California also. Oh. I did not know that. We should talk about that later. You too, oh, everybody here. Yes, we will. <laughs> but tell us about Brooklyn. All
2: right. So yeah. my early part of my career, the first ten years of my professional career after I had got my master's degree, I worked for Shorefront Jewish Community Council. Shorefront Jewish Community Council is part of a network of organizations under the Met Council. Right. Met Council of Jewish Poverty, which is an umbrella organization that also partners with UJA Federation. It's it's very complex, but works very well to provide assistance to low-income members of the Jewish community in New York City, which is a very big task. Originally, the organization started off as small JCCs or COJOs, Council on Jewish Organizations, within... The micro communities in um, in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, the Bronx, Staten Island. Over the years, they have the Met Council was just an overall organization that watched that kind of took care of the back end stuff. Over the years, Met Council itself has grown tremendously, but all of those JCCs and Kojos are still their satellites within the community. So my organization that I ran was Shorefront JCC, which is in Brighton Beach. Mm-hmm. And as each community progresses, the needs of the, community, the Jewish community changes. While I was there, we were dealing with, uh, we were working with mostly seniors who were Holocaust survivors who were from the former Soviet Union. And we assisted with a wide variety of case management services. We had one of the largest kosher food pantries in New York, New York City. And we also partnered with the Met Council food, uh, food pantry. And we provided Thousands of hours of service every year. I think it was close to ten thousand hours of services to low-income seniors and anyone else. But it was predominantly seniors at the time. Uh, since I've left, they've you know they've had to retool because they now have influx of uh, of Ukrainian refugees who have come mm-hmm. and are coming to their family in Brighton Beach. And I know that they are working very hard to meet those needs. And that's something that's very interesting to me about how the Holm Council and JCC Koto network works in New York City is that each neighborhood shifts and has changes, but those are just the needs shift and have change, and the organizations have to stay savvy and flexible to meet those needs, and that's something I've brought with me into Project Ezra as well. The thing, need is not static. There's good times, there's bad times, there's problems that you would never see coming. There's some problems that we always could see coming a mile away, and they still hit us in the face. But our chassid organizations, our tzedakas, have to be nimble and flexible and willing to change the way that we are providing assistance within the community to make sure that we're actually helping the need. If you're.
1: Oh, sorry, but with. Project Ezra does not have a umbrella above it, like a Kojo. Correct. By the way, a Kojo is like a fun word. Yes, it like, is. Like, <laughs> it, like, it sounds like right, it so makes it, it's. it's New York City is that? Kojo, that, is based yeah, so it, it
2: was, they're called, it's Council we on Jewish Organizations.
1: somehow. I think okay. it's
2: not, it's not, yeah, I mean, you know, well, I'm not sure if it's trademarked, but I'll let okay. you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool word, but it also sort of explains that, like how the Met Council is able to like do its work. Correct. But Project Ezra then is is its own organization, and I know all of like probably anyone who's lived in uh, Bergen County for the last fifteen years knows the origin story of Project Ezra. Yes. But maybe you could uh, transition a little bit and Absolutely. say some of that. And of course, both Moshe and I knew Rabbi Yessi as well, so um, we could talk about him. I would love bit. that. Yeah. So I'll just a quick
2: bit of the origin story of Project Ezra about a little over twenty years ago there was a situation, it was, the, the story is that it was on Yom Kippur. Mm. So I, I don't, every, a few people have different stories of this origin, but I'm gonna give the one okay. that, I, that I've that i heard the most. Okay. It was on Yom Kippur, and there was a, a gentleman who had, his wife needed a surgery that wasn't covered by insurance. It was incredibly expensive. We're talking then, you know, six digits, something absolutely astronomical. Again, that number may have gone up through the history mm-hmm. and retelling the story, but it was an astronomical number. And he went up to Rabbi Stern in Shul, Talent because Rabbi Stern was known as a big stuck in the community, really someone who who could, who gave everything of himself to everyone around him. So this gentleman felt comfortable going to Rabbi Stern to say, I don't know what to do. And it was, it was the beginning of Kol Nidre, from what I'm told. And we're, this, the story goes that by the time they all left the shul that night, the money had been pledged and raised. And that was the start of project ezra seeing that there were needs within the community that were greater than the sum of the community parts that it wasn't a single rabbi couldn't necessarily take care of it a single individual couldn't necessarily take care of it but our community which is which is well smaller than brooklyn Mm -hmm. (laughs) true it is big and is big in hearts has a lot of thank god very prosperous individuals who are huge baltztakas and we and can really come together for each other.
1: But it's not just for things like catastrophic illness, it's also correct. You know, loss so of so that
2: was the 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 origin right. and then from there the organization has progressed to provide many different levels of, mm-hmm. of service and it started from there then it went on to helping really focusing people get jobs because what better way to help someone but to have a There themselves. was a
1: financial crisis. It 2008. was a 2008, 2008 crisis that that was it, people Knew that this organization needed to come into being, right. like at that point.
2: So, so the so organization started in 2009. Around 2008 is really when mm-hmm. when right. things took off, and that that is. And since then, we've done what we did in Brighton Beach, and before I came, the organization really adapted to the needs that were coming up. And after, unfortunately, when Mary pa- Stern passed away, 14 or 15 years ago, and then Robert Hone came and took over and was able to really take what Rabbi Stewart had done and shape the organization into what I was able to come, once he retired, came in and can move forward and really helping people with different levels of need, different types of services. And we're gonna, I'm taking that and then we're gonna build and move forward and helping what the current needs and the current issues that are facing our community are. Can okay. I just interject? Of
0: course. Um, I just, it's actually really an honor to have uh, Project Ezra here because, I don't know if you know, Elizabeth, you you know this, Project Ezra and the Jewish Link have a, we are uh, inextricably tangled up in our in our own origin story. The Jewish Link actually started at a Project Ezra dinner in 2011. You may or may not realize that. Yes,
2: you've okay. told the story. I know the story, but I can't <laughs> wait to hear it again. Uh, I just, I'm just gonna
0: share for, for anyone listening yes. because I think it's a nice story. Um, I'm, I also am a fundraiser, and by the way, I agree with you. Our community is very, very generous, yeah. a very, very special community. Um, I, I left the fundraising world. I'm, I'm now the publisher of The Jewish Link. One of my jokes is that I do more fundraising now <laughs> than I did when I was actually a professional fundraiser. That's not true. <laughs> um, but I was at the 2011 Project Ezra Dinner. There were almost 1,200 people there. Okay, It was Romer, I yeah. Ket- Torah, yeah. standing room. They had no room for people mm-hmm. to sit we're talking about both rooms full you could not sit and what i noticed was that there was not a single mention of it uh in advance in any of the local papers and there was nothing post and i said how could it be that there that uh, this huge event with well over a thousand people not a single thing was written about in the local papers and i said there's a real need here and there's something missing in the community and it was actually at that dinner that I re- the, the idea germinated. It kind of gnawed at me all throughout 2012. And uh, so Project Ezra is the reason why, one or one of the reasons why, the Jewish Link starts. So I'm and saying-
1: I don't know if you remember this, and I'm sure you don't. Uh, you, there's no reason you would know this, Rachel. But the first article I ever wrote for the Jewish Link as a freelancer was about a Project Ezra uh, Gamach. It oh. was about a, it was like a, it was a, like it a, a bat mitzvah, ba- ba- mitzvah address. We still
2: have the bat yes. ba- mitzvah address. It was, off. it
1: was, that was the first article I ever wrote and on assignment. So it was, Incredible. Cool. it was part of my origin story
2: too. And I think project Ezra is part of many people's origin stories in a sense in Bergen County and the way I said it, it's not necessarily people we've, that we've helped, but we have helped a tremendous number of people. But ev- what we do is woven into the zeitgeist of our community when I speak with high school students, I always first say, "Okay, who's heard of Project Ezra?" Mm-hmm. and I normally get a much higher raise of hands than I expect, and then I start asking the kids, "Okay, what do we do? What what do you think Project Ezra does?" And the only way that these kids are getting this is through osmosis of some form, or they or they're like my kids and they're diligent link readers. But <laughs> I don't I don't, you know, maybe they're not or not all. And they always get it right. One kid says jobs, one kid says you get you're the ones who do the scholarship, one kid mm-hmm. says you help with financial assistance, and that shows me that we really are in that, the working of the, of the community. This, we're hand in hand with all of our, with the community partners, with all the other chesed organizations, with the rabbis to help coordinate and help people get where they need to be and the right kind of help that they need at that moment. And I really feel that it's, even though we don't have an organization like the Met Council above us, we are that for, in a sense, not completely, for Bergen County.
1: But there is a lot of different moving parts that it yes. seems that you guys manage. And I was when I was going through last week, we had our special Chesed link section. And there was a, a lot of project as you're in there. And we thank you for uh, your business there <laughs> as well, but and for sponsoring this new section for us. Uh, but one thing that I was really amazed by was how many different kinds of assistance you have available to people. It's not just Pesach help. It's right. not just a job board. It's not just, you know, catastrophic financial assistance or medical. So can you talk, I guess, about the different kinds yeah. of, maybe the different kinds of clients that Project Ezra um, uh, is presented with yeah. and, you know, how you, how someone comes in.
0: And we love hearing anecdotes, love yeah. stories, but, stories. But of course, work.
1: don't say names. So, right, so <laughs> I'm just going to say
2: like one that. point. I actually yeah. have quite a few anecdotes in my head and I would love to give them. I just want to say clearly now that every anecdote I'm going to give you, I'm going to change something in the story. Nothing that changes the outcome or changes the idea or changes anything in the concept, but I don't want anyone listening to this, putting one plus two plus three together and saying, "Ugh, it's Chaim Schlemkis next door, because it's not, because there's something in that story that's not true.
1: And also, before you started recording, I think you said a very interesting statistic, which is that it is likely that I know people who have been uh, recipients of assistance and not just, not just likely that I know out of my, you know, Social hebra of two hundred or three hundred people, right. but quite a bit more than that. Right. You, I, uh,
0: I'll actually say more clearly. Yes. I know people you help. Yes. Okay. I actively know multiple people, and Elizabeth, you and I definitely know. Yeah. There are people I'm aware of. I don't know. Not that I'm smarter or anything, but maybe right. I'm a little bit more plugged in. Right. Um, so I'm I know of at least seven to eight families that right. you're active, and so I'm just saying I'm I'm aware.
2: And that makes sense based on our numbers. So we. We actually did this very recently. We were reviewing, like, okay, where are we? Where are we holding? With how many people in the community are we holding? How are we helping? Over the last two years, Project Ezra has helped one in eight families in Bergen County. The through the mostly Orthodox, but also the not necessarily affiliated families in this community. So everyone here has eight or more people who they are close to them, and that someone you know is getting help from us on a, whatever level it is, and it really bring it really hits home that you might be they might be at your shabbos table they might be sitting next to you in shul you might have a play date with them you don't know and and that's part of the beauty of the work that we do is that if if one in eight is a number that shocks anyone that's because we're doing our job right because we don't you know people might know because they're comfortable telling their friends they were you know involved in the community but if it's a shock, it's because we are doing our job right. We do not let people's privacy get leaked. We are incredibly diligent on who we speak to and whose permission we have to speak to anyone about a family. You, the minute you con, a person contacts the project as our office, and I'll go back in a second to kind of give you a walkthrough of what it's like to you know when you reach out to us. From the moment you reach out, you we don't say anything to anyone unless you actually you as the client sign a document to give a specific release to a specific person for a specific topic so if we need to speak with a school about a family we will only be get permission to speak about a very narrow range of issues if there's a lot of problems or a lot of challenges in a family's life they aren't necessarily relevant to anyone so therefore we're not going to discuss it we're going to discuss that there is a that we need better financial assistance, and project will help with X, Y, Z, please, you know, and we'll, we work it out from there. We have to speak with a rabbi, anyone. It's very, it, it's, the client knows who we're speaking to, and they know exactly what we're speaking to them about, and they can just say, I'm not gonna give you permission to do that, I'm not comfortable with that, and, that, and we just go from there. So that's something that I think, because a lot of times I'll get calls like, I'm really worried about my privacy, people know me in the community, and I say, that's fine. I give them this information. I tell them how we work. No one will ever find out that we work with you.
0: Can I just ask? Yeah. I, I know you're about to tell us, but for of me, course. you know, I always thought the issue wasn't privacy. Mm-hmm. The issue it wasn't that people were were afraid they were going to find out. Um, people, I, I thought there was a genuine fear about. projects you guys are taking over your life. Okay. I actually think it's, it's people feel like I, you know they they couldn't function anymore. That's it. They basically, if you go to Project Ezra, you're done. That's it. Meaning like, forget it. Project Ezra is going to take over your books. You you've literally lost your identity as an independent right. unit. Uh, Project Ezra, they look at everything, like you can't even go to pizza without Project Ezra blessing it. Um, I I felt that that was, how do you respond to that? That, so
2: So as organizations evolve, they keep adding more tools to their toolboxes. And when you're first starting out, when you first buy your house, you have one hammer and maybe a tape measure. And as you have to fix things and build things and new needs come up, you have to have new tools. Mm-hmm. So that we have a tool in the Project Ezra toolbox that we call now the Partner Program, which is the, really the, the traditional Project Ezra program. It's for a, a family unit that has gotten to a situation that they need us to really take over their financial life. We need to be involved with all their bills, with all their budgeting, with every part of, aspect of their life. It is not so common to get to that point and if that is our only tool we can only help a very small number of people while that tool is very important and it's something that you don't see almost anywhere else around it is now not the most used tool in our toolbox it is probably less than 5% of our clients now that we have now while those know. clients take up a significant amount of time because we are so involved with them on a day to day basis, that's not where most people who get help from Project Ezra get help anymore. We um, starting Roberts had started like what he called a tier two. We kind of rebranded it. We're calling it the Boost Program. It's for families who are who need a boost and just need some help and with lots of different things in different areas. So, if a family is either there's a job loss or there's a, a, a medical condition or whatever the issue is that, that the amount of money coming in is not matching the amount of money coming, going out. Mm. Okay. Come to us and we, we start. First we start with ev- all outside resources. So first you reach out to Project Ezra, we welcome you in with open arms, we start a phone call or in person depending on what you're most comfortable with. People always like to step in slowly so we follow everybody's lead and we just do a basic review. What's going on? Where where are you working? What's going? You know, like just give us a story. At that point, we take that information and we come up with a list of resources and benefits that additional to Project Ezra that might be available to your family. Now, if in some places, you know, in Brooklyn, almost everybody was eligible for government assistance because of the the income levels and also New York City has much more generous public assistance programs than New Jersey does. So most families come to us and they are not necessarily eligible for government assistance. If we find that someone is, immediately we say great, you're eligible for this. We don't even we don't give you information if you're not going to be eligible. We don't want to send anyone on a wild goose chase. Eligible for something, we give you all the resources to apply for those. For that, we offer assistance because sometimes you can easily go on a computer and apply for something, and sometimes it's really hard. So, we give whatever help you need. We find other community resources that might be good for a family, whether they need Tom Clay Shabbos, whether they need mental health care through JFS or other resources. And then we, we get that together and then we put our package together. We put our money. Last because this is something we really take our donors' money seriously, and we don't take a single dollar for granted. And a donor who can give us one dollar is just as important as a donor who can give us $25,000. Every one of those dollars is important, and we want to spend it in the most mindful way that will help the families in the best way possible. So first we bring in outside resources, we support the family. If those resources are gonna take time to access, we will bring, We will help bridge those gaps. Once we get past that, we say, great, these are the resources, we're accessing them or we're working towards accessing them. There's also a project as our application, which is it's a lot of work. I'm not gonna say that it's an easy, simple application we do have other programs that are much lower bars and lower barrier of entries which i'll speak about this is if you're really in a situation that you're coming in for our real program and then while that's happening we work with you we help you we review everything and here's a i have a i'm gonna give an anecdote story we had a family who Every you know, mainstream things were going pretty well with the family. There were some some health issues with some of the family members that were causing financial strain, but generally speaking, they were you know just do, making it work like everybody else. But just making it work. And so when there was a job loss in the family, there was just no way of of, deal, of combating that. This family also didn't have the greatest financial education prior to getting married, so. There was no budgeting. There was just a lot of stuff that just wasn't there. And I always say to people, budgeting and finances are morally neutral. There's nothing wrong that you didn't do it. Let's just work on this now. This is now a new process. So the family comes in, we start working with them, and we realize this person's employable, incredibly employable. It's gonna take them a month or two to get employed, but it's gonna happen. So rather than let this family go into crazy debt over this time period, we're gonna take the time to A teach them and give them better education about budgeting and how to track your expenses and how to really understand what you're spending, and we're going to help plug some of the holes that unemployment and the other partners' um, uh, salary was not going to fill. We worked with the schools to negotiate down tuition for that time period. We did all this stuff. Three months later, the the, the 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 spouse that was unemployed was employed at an even better job than they were before. They worked with Jeff Mendelson, our Director of Employment Services, on his resume and on everything, just absolutely everything, negotiating the salary, everything, to get to a really great place. And now they know how to budget. We worked very closely with them on that. They know, they understand their spending, and they're working towards paying down debt that they had made previously at, because of, you know, just lack of education in certain areas. And so that is a real, that's something, we didn't have to take over their entire life we did teach them how to budget. We do review their budgets with them to say, you know, this might be a good choice. This might have been a difficult choice. You may want to make, you know, you may want to be aware, you know, Purim is coming. Summer camp is going to be coming. These are things you may want to put some money away for We while we're working together. But there's none of that, like, I can't believe you went to pizza. Like, we're going to be, that's not, and no, and I now listen, if a so, family comes to us and they're having financial struggles and we see that, it's really out of the ordinary amount of dining out or household help, which we encourage household help. And we encourage spending time with your family and going out, and we encourage going on activities. But there's, there's a range, and we say, this might be an area that it might be tough, but this might be an area you can cut back so that you'll be able to have more freedom in other areas. And we give all of our suggestions.
1: And don't you also have? I think you still offer this once or twice a year, um, a chatan and kala um, training. Yes, because that's that's such an amazing idea. Like to just think about like, wait, how did the like your example family get here? By not having enough early financial education at the very beginning of their marriage. So,
2: twice a year, we offer a class called The Isle. It's coming up again, I think it's May 3rd. Okay. And if it's May 5th, then we will okay. put an edit in, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's May 3rd. Uh, there, There is um, a sign up, so if you email theisle at Ezra.org, Ezra has an H at the end, mm-hmm. um, we will send you the link to sign up. It's actually already almost full, even though we haven't even started advertising, even though we will be advertising very soon. You'll be getting it
1: the ad soon but it's, it's and, time to maybe expand your space yes expand so so now we do well it has
2: it's been it's been on zoom since oh, covid and oh, this wow. is our first time doing it in person since covid one reason we do like to keep it small is it's a very interactive class mm-hmm. oh okay and if it gets too big people start becoming not they're not as comfortable asking questions oh. they might not get as much out of it so we would prefer to do more of the classes versus larger classes. Got it. So right now it's twice a year, but if this, if we get a get past the point that we're comfortable right now, we're gonna just do another one in a couple months after that as well. Okay. And as, as, as I said before, as the need expands, we are gonna expand our services as well. So
1: this is for individuals who are maybe engaged or just or, married? Or
2: newly married. So if you're yes. within, engaged, or within the first couple of years of being married, this is the appropriate program for you. And we're now working on bringing on programs that will be for families who might have never gotten this help and they've been married for 10 15 years and really need that that level that education
1: so the but the idea to me like i feel like it's so it's like it was really mind-blowing when i think it was susan alpert who first kind of pitched that to me it was a chrono of racha i miss her she was she was a friend um she said listen let's let's remember when you first saw your tuition bill and like what that was going to cost <laughs> and remember, she's like do you remember that sticker shock and like the the gut punch in the stomach feeling that you had she's like what if you knew to, what to expect mm-hmm. beforehand yeah. and I'm like
0: I think like, we know what was what's coming. I mean, I know.
1: knew it. You, like, you know it, but then you see it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's different. It's different when it's not theoretical And, and this anymore. is like, you know, thank God, like, this is someone who who you know has done budgeting i've i did budget over mm-hmm. the over a period of years and sort of knew this was eventually going to happen but i do like for for whatever reason susan's uh, example made sense to me mm-hmm. and i thought it was an incredible idea and and so useful yeah and something that should be done like in every community
2: yeah and we really help with people understand like what are reasonable expenses and what are not reasonable expenses like what can you expect to have to pay for food for a family of five in Bergen County right now? And that by the way, that number's changed drastically since I started Project Ezra. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, I see I see everybody's grocery bills. And I I can tell, I
0: I see what those numbers are. Actually I wanted to ask yeah. you how involved are you with the actual individual case? I didn't right. think that you were I actually thought you did you weren't even so involved right. in every case.
2: So I I'm pretty involved in every case. And um, that's something that when I was speaking with the board when i was coming on that was important to the board of project ezra that uh that they i they bring someone in who has programmatic experience who really could work has works with clients uh i don't always work one-on-one with all the clients we have social workers thank god that that do all that but i do have a very heavy hand in with all of our clients, at least from the background, and so yes, I spend a lot of my time marketing and fundraising and and doing all the things to keep the organization going. But I spend at least half my time really dealing with nuts and bolts of client work. Um, you're
0: meeting. You're actually meeting with almost everyone. So I,
2: I don't always meet with every single client all the time because again that would I then I wouldn't be able to do that. Then we wouldn't be able to open the doors because that was other things to do. But I review every client with our social workers. I review budgets I help make recommendations. some clients I hear about and talk about more frequently than others um, but I know everyone who's involved in the organization on some level.
1: It's so impressive to me like I like even though yeah. I met you before and you know attended dinners and things like that and heard you speak but it's impressive that you are able to both, keep your hands on and also have kind of a eagle eye perspective right. in terms of oversight and of yeah. course you know the value of the fundraising and the, right. the I'm
0: actually going to say something. Go ahead. I think we made a mistake by inviting her. Why,
1: why? She's just too impressive. Everyone. She's probably going to no, get no, hired no. out by no, someone No, I think else. the mistake is is
0: that her the, she, oh. she has to change all the details so, so her stories are too vague. <laughs> they're they're not, so good. They're not good enough. No, my, my, I'm just no, joking. No, at no, at at
1: you're a very impressive person but one of the things that we want to we 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 see impressive people working in the community as part of our work at the Jewish Link and we hope that those stories and the personalities of the people who we're who we work with most often um, is you know, shows through in the newspaper. We also but, hope they're true. And
2: we, yes. ask, oh yes. no, they're all true. When I what say like, I change oh something, God. I might have changed the gender of a person no. or the time it we happened. Okay. Yes, okay, I want to make right. sure they're all true. They're yes. just, I don't want anyone to think like, oh, that sounds so much like me. Right. <gasps> like, God forbid, that's
1: not you. Right. <laughs> of course, but also, like, I think what, what, since the title of our podcast is yeah. the pitch meeting, I want to know very, like, let's talk, talk list. Yes. What can the Jewish link do for you and what can how can we better uh, share your message and what like what is maybe one of the things about like repeated questions you might get uh, about Project Ezra that m- might be something you have to correct a lot? Or like, how can we basically help you?
2: So the number one thing that people say is exactly what Moshe said, which is Project Ezra comes in, they take over your life and you have no freedom anymore. <gasps> really? That is the number one misconception that we have within the community. And so one thing we've done that to really try to change that is we've created programs that we I call the low barrier of entry, mm-hmm. meaning there's an application of some form And depending on how much assistance we're going to give is how many questions we ask. And it will, it gets people help right away so that they can become comfortable. So right now, it's right before Pesach, we are, we're winding it down because we just need time to get all the money out, but we have a Pesach grant. So what is a Pesach grant for? It's for families that need, that need, that need need a little extra help. So if you are already getting Tempere Shabbos, you are absolutely still eligible for for this grant, we, if you're getting help from anywhere else, we just we just ask so that we know, so we know where to help you. Because Tom Krei Shabbos is gonna get you everything you need for Yantif when it comes to mm-hmm. food, but sometimes someone needs new shoes, or you need a new set of bowls, uh, mixing bowls or something. Do you coordinate something. with us? Do you work So with we Tom do, care? we work very closely with Tom Krei Shabbos. Uh, we, on all of our clients, and you know, we just we try to speak together all the time with them, so that is a wonderful partnership, and they really do so much, and if the food is really they do so much with Shabbos food and Frianta food. So we don't need to use our resources there. The things that they don't do, we do help them help with our resources. So if someone reaches out to us and they're not getting and we think they really should, we we tell them, please go go to Tancre and then we're going to give you cash for other items, or we're going to give you a gift card to a clothing store. We will order clothes for you. Send us links. We'll make sure your children have clothing. You, that we ask people, you know, basic questions: How much are you making? How much is your rent? What are your tuition obligations? Because these are important things to us to know when assessing a situation. What is? What do you What's think? Your credit
0: you, card debt.
2: Yeah, what debt stuff like that. What, um, how much you think you need for food, housewares, and clothing for Pesach? And of that amount, what are you actually able to contribute towards it? Let's say you say you need a thousand dollars for all three, throwing out a number that's easy, and you know you have five hundred dollars set aside for it, but that's all. So we understand. All right, you're probably are in a position you need five hundred. We will, we can either give you that. We might be a little, give you a little bit more because whatever we think is going to Pesach is going to cost, it's going to cost more. And we really work, you know, based on the size of the family and what their needs are so that's and many families who have reached out to us recently we are sending them the information about what they're getting but also saying we really want to work with you through the year please meet with one of our social workers there's a link you can sign up for an appointment it's like we make it as easy as possible to get in touch with us and i know based on the appointments that are being made from those emails i know we're going to have a lot more clients and i'm I'm sad that we have a lot more clients because that means there are people who are suffering, but I'm happy that this has not only helped people get what they need for Pesach, but also helped open the door to get them better and long-term help so that they're not stressed and in pain and dealing with this constantly, but we get them onto a better track. Also around Yontif, we Yontif, in winter break we do this one program that we will, if you can't afford to take day trips, go on activities. Reach out to us. We have a very low barrier of entry. We requ- uh, form for that. You let us know what you want to do. We have generous donors, and we get great discounts to a lot of different locations, because it really helps people's mental health to be able to say, "Oh, we're also going a great adventure, like all of your friends are, even though they probably couldn't do it otherwise." And it really gives people that sense of, you know, simcha that they need, and the the you know the. Well-being to get through yentiv because you know one wants their children to come home and go well this one's doing this and this one's doing that. No, we let you know ahead of time, this is what you're doing, and you get to spend, spend you know quality time with your family together.
0: I'm curious by yes. the way. What is the number for a family of five? For food. food. For food. I just want to know what is that number. It's
2: no problem. Uh, it's if you're if someone tells me they're spending two thousand dollars a month on food for a family of five, I would say oh that sounds about right.
0: 24 so 24,000 a year. So, yeah. okay.
2: Right now. If you told me this now, and now that's if, let's say that's with kids who are elementary school age.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If you now say I have three teenage sons. <laughs> oh, that number is going to be I'm not going to I'm not going to say to you. I'm going to say you're getting closer to 25. Well, I guess again. not to be stereotypical that, oh, boys eat more. You, old, people who are older eat more than the five-year-olds who sometimes don't eat any as much. And you need to bring in more food for that. And so that's really it. So I would say as av- if you told me you have five ki- if you have three kids and they're all in elementary school and you spend $2,000 a month, I wouldn't blink an eyelash at this point. Mm-hmm. If you come to me with that number and you're saying 33, 34, I would be like, let me teach you how to read a circular. And that's... Mm-hmm that's part of the education we do mm-hmm. and let's yeah. see where you're shopping and how you're shopping and maybe there are different ways maybe we could discuss you know and or maybe there's just a lot of stress in your house mm-hmm. and right now the only way you can get through that stress of whatever it is is by doing a lot of pre-made food mm-hmm. then we take that into account so no one is ever just a list of numbers at Project Ezra. there are certain numbers that we're like okay that makes sense but certain numbers if it doesn't make sense we always know there's a story now that story might be we just do convenience shopping, and if I if I knew about sales at this or that store, I would probably be able to save at least you know a thousand dollars a month. But that's very rarely the story, honestly. Yeah. I want to tell a great story. Yeah,
0: they were spending way too. My family was spending way too much for 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 their food, but mm-hmm. because they they always wanted to have a uh, ten fifteen guests for Shabbos, but they they couldn't afford to have the guests. So right, but they they couldn't cut back, so it was actually a challenge. So. Right,
2: right. We always have we have these stories. Sometimes we say, you know. Shabbos, that's part of the culture of the community also. And that's something that we we deal with a lot. Now, people might think we deal with that more. This is another misconception. A lot of people think like, oh, everyone just needs to keep up with the Joneses, so that's why they need extra help and money. And while, yes, there's, of course, a few people that come to us that reach out to us and we're like, listen, I know it seems like it's normal to go to Florida and Panama every year. It's not. We can't, you know, we got to get out of that mindset. That's such a small group of people. The need that we see is, is really, like, that's not, that's the furthest thing from what they're thinking. But there is social pressure, Mm -hmm. because it is expensive to host people, you know, every Shabbos. It's expensive to have the fancy charcuterie boards and roasts and fishes, and it gets to be a lot. And we just have to be cognizant as a community that there are different levels of ability within the community, and that we really have to, no one wants to feel less than, but we shouldn't hopefully this is a long-term cultural change, they shouldn't be less than if you have your childless guests and it's just some more basic mains versus the very fancy, uh, you know, cuts of meat and stuff. Now, I'm not telling anyone not to buy the great cuts of meat. I don't want any of our grocery store sponsors to right. suffer. But I, I, the reality
1: is is that there are there's a market for both. Do you also have people, though, who come in, um, not just about, like, the Pesach grant, mm-hmm. but people who come in and say, like, I need a lawyer or yeah. I need to consult someone regarding something and I don't have the resources or the even the wherewithal even know. to I don't know. even know where to turn. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's another
2: great way of actually being able to have community members get more involved in Project Ezra because one thi- one challenge we have is that we want to keep everything so private so mm-hmm. we can't have a bunch of volunteers in the community walking through looking at our files and mm-hmm. our database. We have a great database of, P- of local community members who have offered pro bono services in various fields, and very often people will reach out to us and say, "I, I you know, I have any now attorneys." I will be honest; it's that's a more complicated one. Very mm-hmm. publicly, we don't pay for attorneys. It's the one thing we really Project Ezra will not assist with. Uh, we will help find ways that you can one can afford their own attorney, because it just becomes a whole mm-hmm. a whole other kettle of fish but there are some local attorneys who we work with who will provide pro bono hours. There are local accountants. There are dentists and um, endodontists. There are people who are just really good at QuickBooks who will help people. Even internally, we had an Excel issue. We needed some very complicated Excel file created, and there, we went through our pro bono list, and there's someone who said, oh, I'll help people with Excel. Like, well, will you help us? Inter- and <laughs> Like, project <laughs> yeah. answer? Sure enough, they did. It was amazing. It changed the way we do Purim. For this person, wow. what they did is for them was easy. For us, was complicated. But that's a internal example of how we help. So people reach out to us a lot. Like I just don't know where to turn for something. Okay. Often people will reach out and they can they can afford it or they can afford it at a different rate. And then we also will will help and find to find the best resource for them. And if it's not internal, we know everybody. We know how to get them. To a different resource that will hopefully be able to help them as well and we are not afraid to pick up the phone and call a donor who we're friends with call a board member call anyone in our professional network saying someone just called they need xyz like what do you do you know a guy you know that can just give advice that could help us, could get us in the right direction? Right. So we do That's a lot amazing. of that.
1: So should I, it's such a such an important community service to offer, and it's really lovely. But the I guess the to last question, I, if it, if it's okay if I can ask it, um, last question I would say we could probably spend in a, in another hour yes. or two talking <laughs> about all the great things that Project Ezra does. But let's let's be crazy. Yeah. Let's talk about like something that you would love to offer that you've been thinking about for a while, something that maybe, like something that you're turning around in your head, not necessarily that keeps you up at night, but like something that is, a problem that doesn't yet have a solution that you would like to come to us in a few years and pitch us again. Uh, but what sorts of ideas do you have that like are you know wild and crazy ideas that we could maybe put out into the world and into see the what world
2: happens? And see what happens? So, listen, anyone who runs a to Ducker, like I said their goal is to shut down. Why is and I think I said this in our very first yeah. meeting. Our goal is to shut down, not because because we don't. There's no need for us anymore. Now the reality is, never happens. Never going to happen. Right. So you got to think to the future. I would love if in 5 years Project Ezra can grow not just in the services we pri- provide to people who need assistance but to the entire community people who might who financially are stable or have a job but could use other services can we provide a I really would love to have a more expanded class selection and be able to have you know, continuous programming and continue education for for seniors, for more young married couples, for people in the middle of their life, for teenagers. We really want to work on engaging students Mm. in different areas. And to really get chesed is one of like, Get that chesed muscle working for them. Actually, that yeah. that is an
1: idea. The budgeting for teens concept. Yes. Do you
2: guys do that? We don't do it right now. What we do is we we do have connections with other organizations mm-hmm. who have really great curriculums. Um, Mesilla, Living, Smar- yeah. Living, Masila, and Living Smart are Jewish. Jewish yeah. So because they're doing it and have it, we've connected schools with them because you know again we don't want to duplicate resources. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Eventually, we would like to have specific to Bergen County, specific to our community, services like this, also ways that kids can get involved. We um, I'm working with some lay leaders on creating a whole, we're calling it, the working title is Project Celebrate, where we're going to create a whole, we hope to create a whole world of um, bar and bat mitzvah programs that people can kind of buy into for their full chesed project year, their whole bar mitzvah year. If this is very, very rough. if they a great new, idea, its own, It was brought to me by lay leaders. A lot of the amazing work that we do is really brought to me by the lay leaders who then we work together and they take it on and run the committees and run the show. So I really hope that in five years that is a much more robust group of people that people continue to come with to me and we continue to come up with ideas that we can have a a place that if you walk into Project Ezra, walk into our office. Right now it's very quiet and don't you know, don't tell anyone and you're here and call from the parking lot. I'd love to expand our services to include so many that have nothing to do with Financial assistance necessarily, which again, I'd love to take the the stigma away from that, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon, so mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try. Uh, but that you're walking in, who knows why you're coming in? Maybe we are hosting a CPR class for babysitters, or maybe we have you know some uh, some program, a, a, an Excel workshop for seniors, or how to you know how to use your phone, like whatever the needs that we see coming up are. I'd love to be able to make the organization. And I think our board's also on board with this idea is really encompass not just those who are, quote, clients, but the entire community and be a place for the entire community. And that would At the same time, make donors comfortable working with us and they know what we're doing, and they see what we're doing and we're hopefully that, because we will have to raise our donor base if we want to expand it this way. Um, but at the same time, um, our clients will feel that they're just walking in with everybody else and it won't matter why you're coming and or why you're talking to us. So, that would be something I'd be really excited to see. That's a really yeah. nice
0: dream, I, I, yeah. I, I love it. As I've always, that's what I always like about these programs. The point is, is that you should not be afraid. You should not see Project EZRA as this, you know, as we said before, this organization to be afraid of in a right. sense, to feel it as someone that it's approachable. That's what I like about the IELTS program, working yes. with young couples. The goal is no one, we don't want to be in a situation where we need a Project EZRA. But the point is, is if you're ever in such a situation, <laughs> You know, it's it's not the end of the world. It's not, not only uh, not the end of the world, but I, we've we've actually dealt with this organization. They've helped us, or they we did a class. Or I'm but, just saying, I love that idea. I yeah, hope you get. I hope exactly. you achieve it.
2: Yeah. So, a few things we've done to start that is um, Tamara Ackerman, our, our social worker on staff, who is incredible. She is a ship counselor. Ship is it's certified. To do Medicare enrollment in the state of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So
0: you said ship council. Ship S H oh, I P. I actually thought you, I thought you meant maritime. Like ship. yeah
2: yeah yeah. I would, it Shipping. is spelled the same way, but is not. Okay, and every year during open enrollment, well, she can help any time of year. But during open enrollment, we're really busy and we help people enroll for the appropriate Medicare plan for them. You get Medicare whether you have all the money or not of the money, and we help people along the spectrum. And that's really the kind of thing we want to add to our. Our you know group of programs. Our programs are just for everybody that wow. access. That's so, amazing. let's hope in five years we can we can get there. Great stuff,
1: Rachel. Thank I'm you sorry. for being with us. Thank you for being wow. with us.
0: You know, you, yeah. uh, Rachel didn't say this, but you know you know that uh, there are other organizations that are modeling Project Ezra. Oh, you know, of course. You know, in, in uh, the Five Towns as an organization, Achena, which I believe, even though they may deny it, uh, <laughs> which I believe had some of its roots in in, in, in some of the work that Project Ezra yeah. did. Um, I'm just saying we you know we feel really lucky to have you here with us. Thank you. And, and just like I really hope that what you just said comes true.
2: I do yeah. too thank you and I'm just honored to be with you guys and thank you all for your constant support of the organization. One thing I you didn't ask me but I will add okay. is that you know how I think you'd mentioned before I have the Jewish link you know how we perceive it how it works on community and I'm going to give you a shameless plug now because oh. I really do appreciate it um, being having the Jewish link is, is I can't explain. It's worth so much to us because if we once we put stuff in the link, it we I get calls. People come to me on Shabbos. I get emails afterwards. It's the best way to let people in our community know what's going on in their community, and in a way that in a in, a, in an era that no one reads papers, it is what everyone does, and it is the number one piece of reading material in my community and in my shul on Shabbos and throughout the week. So I appreciate you giving us that ability to really get our message out. And because part, a lot of the help, if anyone who reads the work that we do and then they're getting help, you're part of that mitzvah also by adding us. So thank you for always being there, even when we call when it might be a little too late to call. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's avoid that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Thank you, no, thank you yeah. for your time, Rachel, and thank you for you for all you do. Thank, thank you.
2: you. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcasts wherever you find podcasts.